What's up, everybody? This is Mario from Get Super with Mario on the Cinema 7 Network. First, I just want to say, everyone listening to this episode, I appreciate you tuning into this episode and, and listening, uh, even if you just get to hear. Uh, this episode I edited recently, and uh, I'll get into that soon when I recorded it, because th- there's been a lot going on. Just a very busy schedule, and... For some reason, this episode created this weird big boom, so everything is amplified in the sound, and I tried everything I could do, re- reduced uh, bass boom, I uh, tried to lower the sound, so it, it may be a little boomy, um, you might have to lower your volume once you get to the actual meat of the episode. Now I am uh, considering re-editing the episode and re-uploading it, which I might do, Uh, that's all I wanted to let you know about, uh, the sound in this episode. Uh, I'm posting this episode late or uploading it late. Uh, me and my friend Steven recorded this last week at his apartment. I think me and Steven had a really good discussion talking about, uh, Saltburn. And we also talk about Nimona, which we watched that night right before we started recording this episode. Uh, the the reason I'm posting this late is because right after we recorded this, uh, I had to go to work the next day, and then I had to dro- drive to Pennsylvania because uh, I had to attend my Aunt Dawn's funeral. Um, on New Year's Eve, my Aunt Dawn, my, my cousins, Luke and Annabelle, their mother um, sadly passed away uh, with after her battle with cancer. And um, my Uncle Matt, who took her in, he was taking care of her. Um, which he, um, you know, he didn't have to do, but, uh, the, the way he took care of her, um, he, he had a great speech at the funeral in which he said he was there, uh, when their lives were just beginning. And then he was there at the end of her life. And it's like a full circle moment, not just for him, but I, I believe for my aunt Dawn. And it was one of the sweetest and, and, um, heartfelt and, and, not only that, but hard things for my cousins and my uncle, I, I think. And uh, I, I will always respect them and admire them for or what they went through. And and um, I, I don't even know what else to say. You know, I, I, I love my Aunt Dawn. I, I love my Uncle Matt. You know, I've always looked up to them. And uh, I always wanted to, you know, be like them. They were very artsy and they were... Uh, very progressive and, and involved in their community and and they went to art galleries and um, I remember my aunt always had this picture uh, of her posing you know naked or I think it was naked it was it was like a body uh, art type of thing it wasn't body art like in the sense of somebody drew on her body or anything but it, it was art in showing the shapes and curves of her body, you know, being, uh, open about, um, her, or or her looking comfortable within her own skin, I guess is a good way to put it. And it it was a beautifully photographed picture. And I just always, uh, I guess wanted to be that confident in, in when I would see that picture and, you know, I love my cousins and I think they're, they're, they always, they have the best parts of my aunt and uncle. 
and I'm probably closest to them than I am with my other cousins, um, even though they are, uh, you know, over 10 years younger than me. And um, I, I am the oldest of my cousins, which is uh, weird because I, I feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I feel like I'm not in a good place to be the oldest of the cousins. Like cousins in general, I don't know if they set a good example or if they're supposed to be like a role model, but uh, you know, maybe with my kindness and the way I want to help others or be open, I hope I can be a role model in that sense to my, all my younger cousins. Um, but yeah, you know, I admire them and look up to them in, in certain ways, and they are very progressive, progressive and liberal in ways that um, I don't understand. And I'm sure I'm progressive and liberal in ways that they don't understand. But um, I, I love, I love them. I love you, Luke and Annabelle. If you listen to this, I love you, Uncle Matt. You, you are, you have become a hero of mine through everything you've you've done for um, Dawn for, for my aunt Dawn and, um, for your kid's mother, I should say. Uh, and as a person who's very empathetic, I, I feel for you guys. Um, I don't, I don't want to kill the mood of this episode by talking about, uh, too much sad stuff. You know, we did celebrate her life and, um, you know, we, we hung out at Pearly Bakers in, in downtown Easton and, you know, we had drinks and uh, we talked to family and, and um, it was just um, a celebration of my Aunt Dawn and, uh, you know, my cousin's mother. And um, yeah, so that's why I'm posting this episode late. Uh, I also had to come back to work and, uh, you know, get settled in back in the work and um, there was a lot of stuff I had to do, so I apologize for getting to this episode late, especially to Steven. I apologize to you, uh, but I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I don't want to take too much of your time. So please enjoy this episode with me and Steven. Special edition today of Get What Crunked with Mario? <laughs> Get Crunked with Steven and Mario. <laughs> oh god, no. Um, hi y'all. Today we are discussing a couple great little shows and movies that we've watched. Uh, Mario, why don't you go over that little list? Me and Steven watched Saltburn and an Amazon Prime watch party. Uh, then today in his apartment, we just finished Nimona. Nimona. Yes. I almost said... Uh, pneumonia. Yeah, pneumonia. <laughs> uh, which we said earlier. But uh, there was also something else you wanted to talk about. Uh, well, we can get into that uh, with um, when we talk about pneumonia. Okay. Pneumonia. 
See, now you have me doing it, so I can't... I can't I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, can we? Can I still call this the bear and the otter? <sighs> Fine. Yes. Okay. Fine. You can yes. get your little heart come true. Yes. Okay, so I'm excited. Uh, first, I guess we'll just talk about Saltburn, because... So it's uh, the last, the latest, that, or not the latest, but the oldest thing we saw. And uh, when you first said this to me, now I, I, I've heard of Saltburn, but I didn't know what it was or what it was about. You know, I thought it was just like some teen kind of movie or something. I didn't think it was going to be as uh, shocking or as um what's the word i'm looking for i don't want to say unique but uh oh it was definitely unique it was definitely yeah. <laughs> it was out there it was it was out there it was definitely heavy on the shock value um i ran across it obviously through tiktok um for people replaying the uh scenes of coming out after the movie um Mainly the uh, suggestions of uh, usually straight girls bringing their boyfriends to the movie as kind of a quote-unquote sexual litmus test to see how kinky or freaky they would be um, due to some of the graphic scenes of the movie. So if they could handle those, they could definitely handle some other things. So that was definitely kind of a interest to see what these kind of scenes were and uh they definitely did not disappoint yeah but you knew of the scenes before we watched right i knew of them i knew that there were three of them okay um and what they kind of involved um but it definitely it's not something that was able to be shown on tiktok yeah for obvious reasons um, so I had not actually seen it. So knowing and seeing are completely separate <laughs> things. And um, which which of the three was your personal favorite, Mario? Oh, you want to get into the three scenes? I mean, we can. I mean, we, let's uh, go over the overarching story. Yeah, so the way it starts off is he's... It, are they at a high school and going to college? Is that what's going on? Or they're, they're at a college? I think they're in college. Yeah. So I think they're in Oxford, I think. So the main character comes off as very shy, very, um, uh, what else? I mean, shy, uh, poor, I guess, is what it seems like they're trying to portray, that, like, the character, the main character kind of had to work really hard and, and be really intelligent to get to the type of college and school in which he went to, and he didn't really fit in with the rest of the crowd, like, the, the rich kids and uh, the real popular kids, you know, he would he wouldn't he he didn't really fit in. He was just what's another word for shy? I don't want to keep saying shy, but uh, meek. Yeah, socially awkward, I guess. And mm-hmm. then he meets this guy, the guy from Euphoria. The character's name is Phoenix, and or not Felix. Felix. Felix, not Phoenix. What the heck am I talking about? And. Uh, so he befriends him. They he invites him back to his mansion, whatever Saltburn. Maybe it's a vacation home or something. It's the family estate. Family estate, and then 
uh, he kind of meets the whole family. They they welcome him in as one of them, and he he hangs out there and pretty much spends the whole time there. But when he's there, he kind of exposes the family, I guess, or or the family. Um, it seems like they use him as not a pet, but they're amused of this socially awkward, not as rich kid being amongst them, almost like a, uh, like a toy, I think is the way you kind of described it. So like one of the characters, the, uh, girl from, was it, what was that movie? Uh, pretty dangerous. The character Pamela, uh, the actress who was from a promising young woman. Okay. Um, so her character was kind of like the warning about how you need to be portrayed to the family. Because, again, it was another... Talking about the daughter or the mother? To the mother. Cause remember, oh, from uh, Gone Baby Gone? Or Wheel of Time? No. The, the one that had the bad hair, who was the poor, basically, Felix's... Um, his mother's version of Felix... Gotcha. Okay. So, mm-hmm. like, she was basically um, Felix's mother's, you know, you know, poor pet possession. Yeah. And she got bored of her and was talking all these negative things about her. Like, oh, I thought she'd be interesting because, you know, she lived a hard life, but she has no personality whatsoever. So it's basically his, like, warning sign on basically how to make sure to stay relevant within the family. Mm-hmm. And then be able to model his behavior to make sure that he always stayed relevant in each of the minds of each person. The other family members. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then as it slowly unravels, um, there's a lot of death. And uh, in between, or before the death, there's these scenes and even, I guess even after some of the deaths there's some scenes um, and there's these three scenes because it, it's it, the main character does get obsessed with Felix like it, there's an obsession there uh, at first you, you think maybe it's just like an innocent I like this guy kind of thing uh, at least that's what I thought and maybe it was going to be about him exploring his sexuality but it was a lot more than that, <laughs> a lot more um, deranged, maybe, uh, because which was the first one? Was it the bathtub one? Was the first scene? Uh, no, the first one was um, him with the sister in the garden. That was the first one. Yeah. So he, so the sister seems like depressed. She doesn't really eat. I guess, um, I, I guess you can break down the character in a way that maybe the character wants to live up to a certain standard, uh, or the family expects the the daughter to live up to a certain standard. Maybe uh, she's out in the garden. It's nighttime. Uh, he goes out to flirt with her, and it's weird because they didn't really did they even have inter- any interactions before that really between them. I think just um, a previous previous talk the night before. Mm-hmm. Them, like, hanging was... out, maybe? Because I know they... 
they're laying in the field, all of them, right? Mm-hmm. Is that that's before that? I think. Um. Well, anyway, he he goes out to the garden to meet her, and he's kind of seducing her in a way, uh, or full on seducing her, whatever. <laughs> um. And I think there's more of a a motive behind the seduction, but she's on her period, and he goes down on her. Burning your red wings, for those of you in the know. (laughs) And supposedly, that's one of the scenes. I didn't think that was that bad, but it was unsettling the way he was kind of seducing her and I don't know like the way he he because um, he, he fingered her and then like stuck his fingers in her mouth and, and the way they I don't know I mean I can understand how that could be sexy I guess but uh, I guess the way the movie portrayed it it was unsettling to me yeah um, I definitely could understand it though honestly with the scene where you don't see see full on like images of everything, but yeah. I think the only thing you could tell was it cuts immediately to him taking a bath and lowering his face under the water and um, basically a nice little Joker esque smile <laughs> yeah. on his face afterwards. So yeah, they didn't show him go down on her, but or they showed him like in the beginning, like like he's going down but he wasn't going down on her yeah nothing fully explicit just uh you get a ton of ton of reference information after the fact um but i think your personal favorite my personal favorite was definitely not the next scene i think it is um so it was the um held bathtub scene where the a uh, character from Euphoria is um, apparently caught masturbating in the gorgeous uh, clawfoot um, bathtub. And after said and done, the Marin character Oliver goes in there to, you know, get stuff ready because they're sharing a bathroom. He, the guy Felix leaves, and he will then Oliver gets in the bathtub kneels down into it and apparently there is some remnants of bath water still at the bottom of the drain which he then proceeds to please stop (laughs) (laughs) please don't make that noise yeah so he uh yeah he he stuck his face into the water and he started slurping and then he goes to the drain and he slurps in the drain and uh you know, it, it was weird. I feel like I've seen weirder things in movies or shows. Uh, but the slurp, I think, just made me, gave me, like, not good goosebumps, but bad goosebumps. Cringy goosebumps. Yeah. I don't think um, if it was a thought of, like, sexual interest or anything I'm like I personally like I don't see how anyone would yeah like what why would you bring your partner in that one like oh I don't know 
I don't know if they thought it was like to that term. Um, you know, I think you're so hot I drink your bath water or something like that. <laughs> I've heard people say that's a stupid like pickup line. Uh-huh. But to actually see it, I'm like, wow, that is really gross. The, the like, slurping was definitely gross. Yeah, I I agree. But, but uh, scene three, go ahead, Mario. Oh, you want to talk about scene three already? Um, okay, so. Oh well, we have to we have to continue the story. And... Well, F- Felix ends up dying because I think Oliver kind of Oliver gets exposed for lying about his family. Uh, so Felix gets mad about this, and um, Oliver is trying to, I guess, uh, still tell him that he's still him because. I, I, in a way, he likes Felix, but he also, like, he's obsessed, obviously. But I think to go to the lengths that he did, he still kind of hates him for who he is. He's this rich kid. And uh, he ends up dying. And the way it's portrayed is almost like it could be like a drug overdose or um, something happened. He, he drank too much. Who knows? Uh, at the funeral or after the funeral at the grave... Uh, it's raining. Oliver's over the grave, and um, yeah, he kneels down, and uh, he starts to take his shirt off. And you're thinking, well, maybe he's just is dirty, whatever. Uh, then he takes his pants off. He digs. He makes a hole, and he starts humping the hole. Yep. He had a good. Was, he had uh, a good thrust. Yep. That was. Um... <laughs> Definitely a scene. Yeah. A-plus thrust. A-plus. Um, Five-star booty. Five-star booty on Oliver. Sure. Yeah. Um, and the rest of the story basically devolves from there soon. Um, Oliver shifts the blame towards um, one of the cousins um, who gets dispar- dispelled from the family who's also been raising questions about Oliver being there. And then soon the sister um, also is wondering why he is still there, and very soon suddenly she commits suicide. So we assume. So we assume. Yeah. And then after basically they are gone, uh, the father... Um, basically pays him a lot of money to leave the household and never come back, mm-hmm. which he then goes ahead and does. And then the story cuts to uh, many years down the road after the father has passed away, and he conveniently runs into the mother who still remembers him fondly. <laughs> and moves in with her and they have a glorious six months where she goes from being healthy and alive to basically in a vegetative coma is that what happens he moves in there well yeah because remember she's like let's go to saltburn there's no one there to stop us now oh okay yeah 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 because yeah, i didn't really understand why he was there but now i guess that that makes sense so she goes there, he gets a power of 
she leaves him. She rewrites her will, leaving him everything. And mm-hmm. six months later, she is in a vegetative state, and he yanks out her breathing tube. <laughs> that was... Uh, talk about another kind of unsettling scene. That was kind of weird. The yank. I don't know. It's like, you know, pulling pulling the ricord on a motor. Yeah, or a Beyblade. Beyblade. Um, Oh no, my favorite scene was like he was still trying to hold her and trying to like lift her arm to hold him. Yeah. He kept slapping him in the back. Yeah, he threw it over his arm, yeah. Or threw it over his back to make it seem like she cared, like it was hugging him. Um, Yeah, then at the end of the movie, he, he runs around the house or dances around the house naked. But he took the stones. Oh, yeah, that's right. So when they, as a family tradition, when a family member dies at Saltburn, they put your name on a rock and they throw it into the the river or lake or pond or whatever. And at the end of the movie, just, the, I guess, to show how unhinged he was because it revealed that he murdered everyone. Uh, he poisoned Felix. Uh, he killed the daughter. Um, in the tub, he stabbed her, and uh, I think that's it, right? Oh, he set up the whole thing, had to meet him. Like, he <coughs> he was obsessed, I guess, even before he really met them, in a sense. Like, he probably was stalking him before that. Yeah, he basically saw Felix in the, like, courtyard... Yeah. And he arranged the bicycle accident where Felix got stranded and he was there to magically save the day. And also, um, I was watching a lot of, like, the reason I love TikTok is they do a lot of the, those in-depth, like, breakdowns of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, how when Felix brings him to meet his parents and talks about how he always would introduce himself as an only child because even though he had sisters, he never wanted to... He only wanted to be an only child. Yeah. So he had a really great way of showing himself as to other people as what he wanted them to be. So for Felix, Felix wanted... Basically something similar like his mother, a poor person that he could help with his money. Like he still felt that rich entitlement, but at the same time he felt like he could do... Like a savior complex? Savior complex, very, yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's why he needed someone in a weak, meek position, um, almost subservient, but friendly to be able to be his friend um for the sister she was definitely someone who was definitely on the sadomasochist side and just needed someone to control her you mm-hmm. know That's which that scene with the with the bread oh yeah after like, he ate her out yeah i mean literally all i needed was like a good girl yeah. And it would have been perfect. And for the cousin, you know, the cousin just needed someone to be, 
think a sexual equal to him, which is why he slept with, you know, the cousin to kind of get him thrown off the scent. Yeah. And with um, how he interacted with the parents, you know, the mother, Elsbeth, um, liked beautiful, polite things mm-hmm. that were slightly interesting. You know, that's why she liked Pamela in the beginning because she thought she was pretty and she had a tragic backstory so she thought she'd be interesting but soon got bored of her and basically left uh, kind of wished her away yeah and then so he always made sure that he was properly attired for her always told her interesting things called her beautiful and pretty so always made sure that he garnered her attention and with the father, he just always needed um, calmness and um, like a emotional st- control. Yeah, because like during the scene where they're moving Felix's body, and he's like, "Everyone just keep eating, like ignore it, keep eating." Mm-hmm. All, like everyone else is basically in the midst of like a breakdown, either crying or yeah, they're upset and upset, he's... and Oliver's just cutting up his food, trying to talk to him about it. It's like, oh, this, this food is really great today. You know, just holding, making sure that each family member is always seeing them in the best light so that way he reduces the risk of being exposed or pushed out. Yeah, he definitely had them all figured out. Like, uh, he, he just played them all to a fiddle. Like, he just knew how to be in control of the situation even when he made the characters feel like they were in control like it was I don't know it was just like the more we break it down and the more we talk about it 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 is interesting to just how unhinged the character was in the sense that he was able to manipulate each person the way he did oh yeah and honestly I think that's really was the crux of the story, which was, you know, just manipulating and playing off of people's insecurities and mm-hmm. hidden weaknesses. Because as, you know, he was saying during the end, you know, rich people don't have, don't think of it, the poor because they don't think of them as someone that could hurt them. Mm-hmm. You know, you have no natural enemies. You know, so you don't, learn how to fight or keep yourself safe yeah i don't know like would you after seeing this like maybe before you might you might have said okay like i'll take a significant other to see this or whatever and see the reaction would you after seeing this take a significant other to see this movie or watch this make them watch this movie Oh, yeah, and then I would suggest us dancing naked at home to murder on the dance floor. I mean, that is, that is my go-to song now. Oh, my goodness. That was a good ending, except I was a little jealous of, of the dong. Dong, 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 dong. Um, and that song stuck in my head. <laughs> um, no, that was definitely a very interesting... I was also wondering the entire time, did he just give these staff... Like the day off? He must have fired his entire staff before she got sick. Possibly. Because if he was, if she left everything to him and she got sick and he was the only one there, I assume he was in control, charge 
or in control. I mean, he was completely always in control from the time he got to Saltburn, but he was he probably just took over and was like, "You all need to leave" or something. Possibly. Because I was like, that is a lot of hallways he's running down, and I've not <laughs> yeah. seen a single maid have to scurry around or run away. So, I'm like, yep, he's really doing it. Yeah. But, you know, hey, victory, you know. I wonder if he was a little bit chubby, if you know what I mean. Like, you, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, maybe he's a little, he had a little chub going on there. Um, I mean, we could always rewatch <laughs> the part. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll rewatch. We'll we'll get yeah. up close. You can yeah, yeah. you can admire as much as you want. <laughs> I will not be the one to judge. <laughs> okay, thank okay. you, thank you. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so how would you rate this movie? How would I it, rate it? I'm assuming it's not in your top ten. <laughs> it's it's like you read that through from my notes. <laughs> Did I? Oh, maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know how I'd rate this because, like we've talked about before, like it, it's like it's well acted. It's, it, I, I, I see the appeal behind the unhinged character. I, I understand how people can like like the twist kind of ending where it reveals the whole character's plan, um, behind everything. Or not reveals his plan to why, but like reveals that he's the one that killed all these characters. But I, I don't even know what to rate it or how to rate it, because it, it's not like it's not like it's a bad movie. It's just, it's just that the movie I feel like was is to shock you. Like it's the shock value. That's all it is. Like it's, it's hey, this is this is uh, unhinged. I mean, obviously there's other messages behind it, like we we talked about and. You mentioned the uh, the rich kind of using the poor theme, and there's a lot of um, I don't remember what else I wrote down, but there's just like other there, there are themes to the movie. I just don't know if the movie is rewatchable. Like that's something we talked about before. Is re, is is if it is the rewatch value. Like, I don't think it's rewatchable unless maybe I'm watching it with someone to see the reaction to the three scenes. I think that would I watch it just on my own for fun? Probably not really. Mm-hmm. Um, as to watch with other people, I think it's definitely a movie that um, gets its popularity due to the shock value and the urge to talk about it. You know, what made it shocking? What do you think the underlying themes were? It's big proponent is it gets people to talk, mm-hmm. you know, either through shock or awe of how well it was acted. So I think it's definitely a group rewatchable movie with uh, someone who's not seen it to always provide that new perspective but as a solo guilty pleasure movie mm-hmm. not really as much unless you're really into watching someone hump a gravesite then you know hey go <laughs> yeah. for it you know you found your niche yeah he's got a nice butt and he has a great thrust like i said so you you, you might like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay um I, yeah i don't know how i'd rate it like uh 
like I, I don't want to rate it too low, but I don't want to rate it too high. You know what I mean? Maybe like a six point five or a seven, because it, it definitely acting quality a nine, um, intrinsic um, rewatch value is a six. So overall average seven point four. So yeah, there we go. There we go. Seven point three four. Seven point three four. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you rated to? 7.34? Yes. Okay, so we agree on the 7.34. 7. Um, but there were, like, underlining, like, um, I guess, uh, not kinks, but uh, sexuality. There was a form, there was a, there was an element of sexuality in this, mm-hmm. in Saltburn. And I think, like you said in the beginning, I don't know if I would try to judge someone's uh, kinkiness or what they're willing to do sexually based on the reaction to this stuff because it was mostly just shock value, really, I think. I, I don't know if I would be like, hey, uh, would you drink my bath water? <laughs> I think it was mainly, like, possibly something if you were thinking of trying something that one could assume to be shocking. Mm-hmm then you're just kind of testing to see if your significant other reacts to another person doing something mm-hmm. completely shocking. So while I think it mainly would be more of a litmus test for a couple that really is insecure about their own relationship. Gotcha. Versus an actual legitimate test because... No way would this movie actually be a real test yeah. for it. Like, thank you for the idea, TikTok, but unfortunately <laughs> it did not pan out properly this time. Um, the other it, movie we watched, though, was a completely on the other side of the spectrum, I feel like, compared to Saltburn. Oh, yeah. It was laughs upon laughs. I I really liked the movie. Yeah. So um, this was... Not a, pneumonia. Not pneumonia. Not pneumonia. 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 <laughs> yes. Uh, Netflix series, animated, um, gave me um, Linda Belcher from, or not Linda, Louise Belcher from Bob's Burgers um, on, in a given magic. <laughs> yeah. In... A night world like her energy and her his ability to say anything yeah <laughs> like let's kill people and being extremely terrifying but also you know she's not gonna do that yeah makes her kind of like sinister innocent yeah kind of way which makes people really love louise belcher's character mm-hmm. so that made me like okay i think this is a really good movie it was just giving me magical Louise Velcher vibes. <laughs> I thought it was really fun. Like, I, I really liked, um, like you said, it was funny. Like, I, I didn't think I would laugh as much. And when my friend told me to watch it, he, what he took from it was, um, like, a, a, a identity of gender because he is uh, non-binary. And he thought I would like it because of my... Um, my battle of being, of wanting to be they, them, and and my confliction with that. So he thought I would like it for that, and he told me to watch it. And then 
I figured since we're going to be talking about, um, you know, uh, salt burn, why not talk about something on the other side of the spectrum? And, um, well, we were just getting together to watch a movie, so I suggested it. Yeah. But um, I think we could definitely relate it to the subject that you wanted to talk about, which we'll get into later, but... I don't know. I definitely really liked this movie. Like it was, it was fun. It was, uh, it was inclusive, um, though some of the names were <laughs> pretty out there. Uh, you know, it it, it didn't. Um, the love story I didn't think was overly um, dramatized, like for what it was. I think it, I think the way they handled the love story was pretty good. Like they, it was very normal. Right, and uh, that, like the music, the action, it was all just fun. I don't know. I really enjoyed it, and I I got teary eyed at some of the stuff. Oh yeah, like I I was kind of crying. So <laughs> I, I think anything that can do that make me feel some sort of way or emotion or relate to it, I think is really good. Oh yeah. I think the main overall theme was definitely something related to gender. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely had very strong hints on it. You know, um, you know they say a lot of times when um, people are going through um, transition, you know, they find their their chosen name and they don't want to be. Um, called by any other name or you know freak monster or anything like that and you know I think that's I know I always got the relation when you know they were talking and like you're a you know and she's like what what am I Mm -hmm. and or um when he goes like what are you and like my name's Ramona, and you know, just going by what your name is, mm-hmm. you know, that's all the story really was about. Was wasn't that they were a monster? Wasn't that they were <coughs> transitioning or anything like that? It was more they are just who they are. Yeah, it wasn't, and I don't know if it was really about. I mean, I can see the theme of 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 relating to it in the sense of gender like um identity but it was just more about acceptance in general i think just accepting oneself or accepting someone for who they are yeah you know once uh, the character really accepted you know that the other person was you know basically the quote-unquote you know monster of old or whatever mm-hmm. you know and still was able to be friends with it. I think you know, it really helped everyone, everyone else in the, in the yeah. town, except you know that you know maybe the way we were taught was wrong. Yeah. So I think it was it was really good. Um, you know, even the gate, like the way how the the wall they didn't want the wall to break, but then when the wall broke, there was more outside of the wall I think that could be like a a theme of it too like 
being closed-minded. Yeah. Once and that then, wall is broken, then yeah, you're able to really see that there's more to life than just what's inside this, yeah. inside these city walls. Exactly. Yeah. It was really. It was. I thought it was really good, especially for a Netflix animated movie. Like I, I tried to watch that movie Leo. I didn't like it, but this I thought was pretty good. You know, and I kind of do worry sometimes about like these kind of movies not worry in the sense of there being too much or um, getting out the wrong message or anything like that or a message that no one needs to hear. But, you know, just worrying about the dilution of it, of these kind of messages Mm -hmm. being brought by, you know, corporations and things like that. Yeah. You know, as a fad you know catch-all you know um back when you know gay rights were first coming out suddenly every mainstream television show someone came out as bisexual um and then suddenly almost every show started getting a gay person on there Mm. which was great you know we were feeling inclusive we're like okay we're finally seeing ourselves in the actual television show yeah but then it kind of just kept on going because then when trans rights were becoming very prevalent, suddenly there were multiple characters who just out of the blue just turned trans. You know, the big um, show I always think of when I see this is like um, Glee, which was a big proponent of, you know, gay pop culture and they tried to do the message but they just kind of went wrong where they took like a character like in that same season they had an actual transgender character join the cast Mm -hmm. you would think okay you think that's their checkbox but no then they take another character who was portrayed as throughout the entire like first like few seasons as a strong feminine character who was always thought to be gay or um trans because she was a very large burly uh, mature woman Mm -hmm. and she was like i like doing girly things i like being with men and you take this you know character and just suddenly slap a label and like oh nope they're trans now. The entire character art that we built over the last like three years of her yeah. finally accepting that she doesn't have to be tough and strong. She can be feminine if she wants. You know, she can be who she wants to be and still be loved and accepted as a woman. Um, let's just say, nope, she was a man all along and have her go through transitional therapy and become a man on the on the show. And it's like, it's like where you worry that just to check off a box, you take a message mm-hmm. and just kind of... Instead of letting the character live on its own, it's like it had to it had to have this label on it. Maybe also for, you know, like you said, corporations and, and stuff, like they try to hop on the train. But, you know, it, it put the label on there thinking it was being inclusive or... Or what have you taken advantage of that instead of letting the character just breathe in a way 
Yeah. And ruining almost any of that character's already existing backstory. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, if that character had a backstory, you know, why don't, why don't you stick with it and develop it? Or, or, you know, find another character that you can make a, a smoother transition rather than having to fit this in a t- scheduled time frame to fit with the you know, standard fad of, oh, we have a trans character now, so you can watch our show. Were the were the undertones always there in that show, though? Or, like, was it kind of, like, it, it didn't matter? Because maybe they were trying to, like, make you really like the character, and they had this arc planned the whole time, just to maybe, maybe I'm just trying to be optimistic about it, but maybe, like, they wanted you to like the character and then and then reveal that, or... Or have that turn in the character to kind of normalize saying like, hey, you like this character. This is what they're going through. Um, maybe you should be more open-minded then. Like this is a person. You know what I mean? You like this person on the show. And they went through this. And then again, I didn't watch the show, so I don't know. But um, maybe I'm just trying to... Maybe maybe they had a goal in mind, you know what I mean, to kind of normalize it for people who who they wanted them to like the character first and then say, hey, guess what? The character's trans. And you're like, wow, uh, maybe I shouldn't judge trans people now. I think it was not really more of a they had it all planned out in line as in more of let's have two characters on the show that are trans one is trans youth, one is transitioning later in life. So we're checking two different boxes there. Gotcha. So, you know, I think for what it was as a representation of someone transitioning later in life and people not accepting it, you know, yes, you you checked off the box and you were able to help tell a story. But at the same time, you don't really, you just did it due to um, creating a fat, cutting into a fad rather mm-hmm. than actual proper storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's generally my more thought on it. Mm-hmm. Is just, you know, have an original story, have an original character versus just forcing something to do a corporate checkbox. Well, like you said, I mean, they, they kind of like, oh, this character's bisexual now or whatever. And in society, uh, especially through uh, film or Hollywood, you know, uh, lesbians are always portrayed as uh, the sexy thing that uh, they want men to gravitate towards or um, even in in porn, right? And then bisexual is mostly uh, the men, the male fantasy of women and and having a threesome or something because you have a woman who likes another woman and you can have two women now. Because your woman's bisexual. And I feel like society, through certain medias and also just how especially men or, or certain people think, you know, they kind of play on those those tropes or, or, or like, like movies don't usually help sometimes with those. Uh, I think it was always more easier to gravitate on women as lesbians or women as bisexual um due to 
it quote unquote is more inherently sexy. Mm-hmm. You know, having two women together or guy thinking, oh, she's into one woman, into women, so now I have access to two, multiple women. You know, I, yeah. can, I can play or get around more. Um, but the thought of a guy being gay or a guy being bisexual mostly is not thought on the same way because oh, yeah. a, you know, <laughs> the big thing about like I guess this year the uh, New Year's Eve New Year's Eve ball drop and it went to a, a gay couple kissing mm-hmm. right afterwards and people were just like really oh like people were disgusted by it or supposedly I mean that's at least all the versions I'm seeing on TikTok right at the moment I don't know if that was legitimate thinking I need to be more in depth in the news <laughs> yeah I don't really TikTok, watch the news but, yeah um but really it's more like it's not inherently like a sexy or t- no 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 oh. um no i meant more like it's not seen as something that is sexy sexy or anything yeah. like two girls kissing sexy you know cuz even women can appreciate yeah. you know another woman or a heartfelt moment yeah um but for as a a female finding out that her boyfriend is you know, bisexual, they're not going to think, oh, no, I have access to two guys. They're going to think, my boyfriend has been with men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the big thing is, like, a lot of people who are bisexual, you know, they're just like, no, you're just gay and just mm-hmm. not understanding. Or you're straight, but you're desperate. Sexuality has always been taken as an eye of power or something like that mm-hmm. you know and you know back in yielding times you know women were if woman woman was seen sexy she was seen as dangerous you know mm-hmm. so it gave that kind of air of danger playing with fate kind of thing you know and same thing for, the, I guess, the thoughts of women. You know, they were reclaiming a power, you know, something that men couldn't control. So if you flip the coin and suddenly have a man be thinking of, of those thoughts, yeah. you're having a man be impure, mm-hmm. and then a man also taking power. Or, like, being just being comfortable, like, talking about it or... or- expressing the things you've thought about or the uh, idea of exploring it? I will say um, a lot of straight guys I know have made that offhanded comment. You know, oh, I wonder wonder how it would be, but Mm -hmm. never would in a million years. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's great to be curious i think it's great to be at least open-minded about things but it's also good to know like what your limits are and what you truly yeah. like or who you want to be with mm-hmm. teach me a lesson steven not physically i mean on the like verbally <laughs> good girl okay <laughs> <laughs> Every time we go to the movies, you do you, ladies first. And you go first? I do, I do. Mm-hmm. Well, that, I think, is our time, everyone. 
Yeah. Did you did you talk about what you got wanted to talk about? Yeah. Um. Yeah. What What would you grade? Nimona. Nem- nem- Nimona. Nimona. I would give it a solid 8.2. You know, I think uh, it was a little, um, it was definitely great family fun. I think uh, acceptance and kindheartedness and hilariousness was definitely an A+. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the it's like tender-hearted messages kind of got a little heavy-handed. Yeah. So I think sometimes that kind of taken a little bit away from the movie. And some of those names. <laughs> yeah, some of the names were definitely yeah, they were pretty crazy. I'd probably give it eight point five. Okay. Yeah, I think I'd give it a. I really enjoyed it. It like I said, it made me, it gave me feelings. Yes. And I think it had rewatch value. So Oh yeah, I get that. Yeah. If, I any, if anything has rewatch value, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's A plus. So Well, that was uh yeah. We'll see you guys next time. Whenever me and Steven do another podcast. Yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna leave them with anything? Like do you wanna say anything positive or motivational or something you've learned recently or Yes. And I hope that everyone knows that you, and only you, can prevent forest fires. You better not kill the girl